To listen ad-free and to get a shout-out on the show, you can now upgrade to Koala Shine Plus via the link in the show notes. But before we get started on today's episode, I've got a quick word from our friends and trusted sponsors who help make our free stories possible. Parents, if you've ever experienced bedtime battles with the kids, I'm going to let you into a little secret. The Koala Moon podcast has revolutionised over 20 million bedtimes, with parents like you calling it life-changing and the perfect nighttime routine. With original kids' bedtime stories and cosy sleep meditations, every episode has been specially designed to make bedtimes a dream. Listen to Koala Moon on the iHeartRadio app or wherever you get your podcasts. Hey Koala Kids, welcome back to Koala Shine. I'm Kelly, and I'll be reading you daytime stories and giving you facts and ideas as surprising as the solar system. Hey, if you enjoyed today's adventure, please hit follow and leave us a review. Woof! Watch out! Oh, mind your heads! Ooh, that was a close one. Oh man, I love coming to baseball games, but you've got to be careful sometimes. Those hitters can give the ball such a big thwack it goes soaring way over the pitch and into the crowd, or even out of the stadium altogether. Did you know the average speed of a baseball after it's been hit is 100 miles per hour? Phew, that's faster than cars go on a motorway. And quicker than a cheetah, the fastest animal in the world when it's running at full pelt. Phew. So best keep your eyes peeled for baseballs ricocheting about and settle down into your seats. Because we're here in this stadium, with its flashing lights and its big screens, for a very exciting event. The Big Bad Baseball League Final. Because here today, dreams are about to come true. And a story is about to be written. This is going to be a good game. At least that's what Spike the Baseball thinks to himself as a referee takes him out of the box and lays him down beside the pitch. Spike has been one of the best baseballs in the big league for a couple of years now, and he'll tell you, he thinks he has the best job in the whole entire world. There's nothing like the buzz of anticipation in the approach to a match. Hearing the swelling sound of the crowd, watching the batters practice their swings, and the pitchers practicing their curveballs. Hearing the booming voiceover, the speakers make their announcement. Welcome to the big league, the coolest game of all. There ain't no night quite like it, so let me hear you roar. And as the crowd explodes, woohoo! Spike just knows he's going to be in for a good one. Tossed across the pitch, meeting the sweet touch of the bat and flying through the air like he's suddenly grown a pair of wings while all around him thousands upon thousands of people break into applause just for him. And that view, whew, from the tip-top apex of flight, when all the noise seems to die away and he looks down on the stadium, far below him, and all the tiny figures running like toys around the pitch. The green grass, the camera flashes, the ripple of the Mexican wave. Oh man, there's no better feeling in the world. Yup. Spike loves to soar way up high. In fact, the higher the better. Because, and he's never really told anyone this, in the depths of his little heart, Spike nurses a dream. On match nights, once he's been hit by the bat, he looks up to the stars and imagines, 
no, he practically prays, that he can be smashed hard enough to fly straight out of the stadium, out of the stratosphere and zoom out into space. He dreams of the planets, sees stars when he closes his eyes. Move over, baseball. Spike wants to be a spaceball. The first ever stitched leather sphere to get the chance to do a tour of the solar system. Wow, what a dream. And tonight, he thinks, he might finally get his chance. Because opening up the batting today is a very famous player, renowned for having the strongest swing ever recorded. Tyson Smasher. If Spike can achieve the perfect pitch and strike Tyson's bat at just the right moment, he reckons he can get enough momentum to propel him straight off the planet. So suffice to say, Spike is pretty nervous as he watches the huge Tyson Smasher take up his position, twisting his bat round and round in a whistling loop and then grip it tight in both hands. The pitcher tosses Spike lightly into the air and catches him. Once. Twice. He's prepping for his throw. All around the stadium, the crowd hushes quiet, vibrating with anticipation. The pitcher plants his feet, and Spike knows his time has come. He focuses every atom of his being, every fraction of his attention, on Tyson Smasher and his baseball bat. The pitcher pulls back his arm, takes a leap, and throws Spike across the pitch. It all happens in a matter of seconds. But for Spike, time goes elastic, like it's been stretched out long as a stick of bubblegum. As he flies through the air, he nudges himself this way and that, trying to aim for the perfect point. Tyson Smasher draws back his bat, his eyebrows knotted in concentration. Here it comes! The crowd roars as Spike hurtles up, up, up through the air, feeling like he's going as fast as the speed of sound, the speed of light. Surely this is faster than he's ever been before. Up he shoots, out of the stadium, up into the night sky, up, 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 and out! He's done it! Gravity falls away from him, and Spike feels a sudden weightlessness. It's nothing like flying through air or falling through water, which he has done upon occasion, when somebody has accidentally whacked him into a nearby pond or pool. Not flying or falling, but floating, as though he's been transfigured into something that weighs no more than a feather, although he can still feel that he's all leather and twine. This is it, Spike thinks. He's finally done it. No longer Spike the baseball, but Spike the spaceball. What a feeling. He's on cloud nine. He's on top of the world. He's over the moon. Speaking of which, the moon is sailing past him right now. Spike can see the milky surface with its shadowy craters, the dark waterless oceans on its surface. Then he sees something strange indeed. Two of the craters are not craters, but eyes. They blink their big eyelashes at him, and suddenly the moon is smiling at him. My name is Luna, but folks call me the moon. I orbit the earth up in space. As I make my rounds, I wax and wane, reflecting the sun on my face. What a wonderful little ditty the moon sang. Spike loved it so much. He gave Luna the moon a huge smile as he floated past. And soon she was a disc of silver, diminishing into a pinprick behind him. Before him, the burning orange furnace of the sun was getting bigger and bigger. 
but before it, Spike saw another sphere approaching, a beautiful orb of reds and bright pinks. This must be Venus, he thought to himself, the closest planet to Earth. Hello! Spike cried out as he shot past. Venus turned her beautiful eyes upon him, and blushing a deep red, sang out. I am the brightest planet in the sky. Feel my warmth like a firefly. Humans adore me and stare up high to glimpse at my beauty as I float on by. Well, that was fair enough. Spike could see why. Venus seemed to twinkle and sparkle as he passed her by. In fact, he found it so tough to drag his eyes away from the evening star that he almost didn't notice it when... Whoa, watch it! He almost collided with another planet, a little sphere of dark rock shooting through the sky. Go, go, Mercury! Run, run, run! Just 88 days to make it round the sun! The swiftest planet in all of space! He'll beat you all in the solar race! Wow! Spike had never seen anything move so fast. No ball had ever left about with such speed. He felt the rush as Mercury dashed by, rocketing through space, and then he was gone. Spike sailed on. He floated right by the hot red ball of the sun, which he had to admit scorched his leathery skin a little. And then he was past the sun, the light fading behind him. Spike rolled on through space, its huge dark expanse backlit by the twinkling of zillions of stars. Soon enough, he saw another sphere approaching out of the darkness. This one was a vivid red colour, and Spike could see huge volcanoes bubbling on its surface. This must be Mars, he thought to himself, when he saw the planet frown and heard its growling voice. The iron in my soil gives me my red hue. Plus, I'm always angry. I share my name with a god of war, and I'm equally mean and cranky. Spike gave Mars a nervous wave, and in response one of those big volcanoes spewed a plume of lava. Spike had to admit he was pretty glad once he sailed safely out of Mars's way. He wouldn't want to get on the wrong side of that angry planet. Soon, all sorts of angry Mars was put out of Spike's mind, as he began to pass thousands and thousands of asteroids. Pieces of rock ranging from not much bigger than him, to bigger than even the baseball stadium, all floating in a huge ring. The asteroids hopped and jumped out of Spike's way as he passed them. Oh, excuse me. Oh, sorry, pardon me. Oh, sorry to be in a way. Oh, do excuse me. Oh, sorry about that. They stuttered and spluttered as Spike wove and dodged his way between them. And once he was safely past the asteroids, who were both very clumsy and surprisingly polite and apologetic, Spike was met with the most extraordinary sight. Before him was the most ginormous, hugest planet he could ever imagine. It was a swirling orange giant, with storms swirling all over it. And a smile so kind, Spike felt like he'd come across a powerful and benevolent king. <gasps> Jupiter! He whispered. Oh, oh, oh. Hello, little spaceball. Call me king of the skies. Put the other planets together, and I'm still twice their size. But I'm a gentle gas giant. Just ask my moons. There are well over 80 that make up my platoon. <laughs> and Jupiter, the king of the sky, wasn't lying. Spike could see all the moons circling the huge orange giant like faithful disciples. 
He waved at them when he saw them, and they waved back, shouting, Hello, little space ball! How are you? Spike would have been content to stay in Jupiter's orbit himself, for he seemed like such a kind and powerful planet. But he was on a galactic adventure. There was much more of the solar system to see. So off he continued to drift through space. Behind him, the sun was a smaller and smaller orange dot, and the further he got away from it, the colder space got. Soon he saw in front of him a big, frosty planet, who seemed very old indeed. Over his roomy eyes he wore glasses, and his surface was all white and icy. But most striking of all were the golden rings that encircled the planet. This, Spike knew, was Saturn. My rings are made of rock and ice, but my body's light enough to float. If there were a sea big enough for me, I'd bob on the top like a boat. What a funny image, thought Spike as he went sailing by. The old man Saturn, plonked in the middle of an endless ocean, bobbing merrily along the waves. This thought kept Spike chuckling as he continued his journey into the further reaches of the solar system, where space became especially empty and cold and barren as a cosmic desert. Soon, though, a dim blue shape appeared on the horizon, a pulsing blue orb that approached him and spoke with a cool, low voice. It's me, Blue Uranus, out here on my own, further out than most spacemen can cope. But I was the first planet to ever be seen through the lens of a huge telescope. Out here, Spike thought, things seemed to move a lot slower. His voyage through the solar system had definitely become sluggish, and even Uranus seemed to float languidly on his course around the sun. What's beyond here? asked Spike, wonderingly. Oh, sighed Uranus in his cool, low voice. Very, very little. You've reached the outer bounds of the solar system. The great abyss lies beyond here, and in it only one more planet, Neptune. But she is a mysterious creature. It may suit you better to turn back now. Spike was certainly thinking that it might be a good idea to find his way back to Earth fairly soon, but he had no intention of cutting his galactic voyage short. He'd wanted to see the whole solar system, he told Uranus, and he wasn't going to stop now. And so Spike continued his journey through space, keeping his eyes peeled for the outermost planet. But all he could see was the unending void. Just as he thought he'd never find her, he spotted her. Neptune! She, like Uranus, was a cold blue colour. But she was shrouded in such a thick mass of clouds that her surface was completely invisible. Instead, her voice echoed through the clouds, as though coming from a distant, far-off place. Welcome, intrepid traveller, to outer space. Further than anyone dares to visit. My name is Neptune, shy and mysterious, with hidden depths so exquisite. Neptune's veil of silky clouds shifted, but she did not appear from behind them. Spike felt as though he weren't merely at the edge of the world, but at the edge of another universe altogether. Spike shivered. He had found, out here at the limits of the solar system, that he'd slowed almost to a halt, and he felt a pang for Earth, and the stadium, the flashing lights, and the waves of applause of the baseball match. 
He'd loved his space adventure, but it was time to go home. You need to go, Neptune said, as though she had the mystical ability of reading his thoughts. Spike nodded. But I don't know how. I spent so long thinking about how to get into space, I never once gave a thought to how to get back. I can help you, said the pale blue planet. You need to grab hold of that. What is it? Spike asked. Neptune told him that it was a comet. Comets, she explained, were like galactic transport systems, and this one was heading straight back towards the sun. Grab onto its tail, she told him, but just make sure you let go at the right stop. Spike just had time to give the clouded planet a quick thanks when the comet shot past, streaming its tail of light behind it. He grabbed on, and then he was whistling through space faster than he could ever have imagined. He rocketed towards the sun, passing by all the weird, friendly, wondrous planets he'd met on his galactic journey. Dreamy Uranus, wise Saturn, proud Jupiter, and grumpy Mars. He saw Mercury sprinting about and Venus twinkling in the distance. He saw the silver-crated moon. And then he saw the most beautiful thing of all, planet Earth. Could any place be more perfect, he thought to himself, as he looked down on the blues and greens from above, the vast jungles and forests, the tossing ocean waves. There really was no place like home. Thanks a lot, he shouted to the comet. This is my stop. Spike let go of the comet's bright tail, and then he was falling, tumbling down, 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 back towards Earth. Then, there it was. He could see it. The stadium, the lights, the screens, the little players running around the pitch. There was Tyson Smasher himself, running to touch his base. But there, there was the open hand of a fielder, and Spike sailed down onto the pitch and straight into the fielder's hands. You're out! cried the voice on the speaker. The crowd erupted into applause. And Spike, the space ball, his heart almost exploding with joy, knew that they were cheering for him. He'd done it. He'd travelled the entire solar system, and he'd seen some unbelievable things. And here he now was, back home on the baseball pitch, ready to be thrown once again. Oh, wow. I'm so glad Spike's dreams have come true. Oh, I wish I could be thrown into space for a look around. But unfortunately, NASA says I need a rocket for that. Hey, do you guys love learning about space as much as I do? For more sciencey, spacey goodness, I recommend you check out the Reach podcast. They let you know how to tell your meteors from your asteroids, introduce you to real-life astronauts, and help you on your way to answering the most important questions. Do aliens really exist? Just search Reach, a space podcast, wherever you're listening, and say hi to Meredith and Brian for me. All right, Koalas, let's finish with a joke. This one's from comedian and training Tilly Wright. What happened to the frog who broke down? He got towed away. <laughs> Ribbit. Amazing. All right, that's it for this week, Koala Kids. Until next time, keep on shining. Space.